Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tax Security Podcast. To listen to more episodes and to view the show notes for each episode, go to www.cisco.com slash go slash tax security podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 11 of the Tax Security Podcast, where our panel of experts discuss all things Cisco security, including configuration, troubleshooting, new features, and hot issues being seen by the Cisco technical assistance security teams. We're going to be discussing AnyConnect uh, VPN features for the ASA, but first let's get an update from each member of today's panel. So uh, I'll introduce myself. I'm the host of the show. My name is Jay Johnston. I've been with Cisco since 2002. I'm currently on the firewall team, and I have my CCIE in security. Next up, we've got Blaine Dreyer. Uh, he's got a security CCIE, and he's on the IPS team. And Blaine, you're finally uh, making the move down to Texas here. Yep, I'm packing up this weekend, and I'm starting the drive, the 20-hour drive, um, Monday or Tuesday, probably. Okay, and you're gonna be working in the TAC team down in Texas. Yeah, yeah, um, we have a new TAC team down there, um, the IPS team that we started um, about a year ago, so I'll be working with them. Okay. I, I heard everything's bigger in Texas. Do you have a standard sized chair? The cubes are much bigger in Texas, mm. um, akin to cubes that we used to have in RTP, and uh, so I'll enjoy that. Oh, so we should, also, we should also let our listeners know that you won't necessarily be leaving the podcast just because you'll be in Texas. Right, so we're going to use a magical world of telepresence to uh, pipe me in here and continue doing the podcast. Yeah. The human network. The human network now. That's great. Next up, we've got Magnus Mortensen. And uh, he has been with Cisco how many years now? Uh, well, I started June 12th of 2006. So you know the exact date? <laughs> <laughs> I know the exact date. I know my date. date. That's pretty sad. <laughs> you, you're telling me you don't know when you started, Dave? Heck no, it's been too long ago. <laughs> okay, well, did didn't we have, have dates back then. <laughs> I think, was it AD or BC? Um, no, it's, uh, it's been probably about four years now. Um, well, just about coming up in June. Um, so yeah, four. Okay, and as always, we're looking for a CCI update from you. So how is that uh, quest going? Well, um, kind of following along with uh, last show, um, as you all know, I have to take the written again because I was too lazy to uh, retake the lab in sufficient time. So uh, I've scheduled the written for uh, early June, targeting for June 9th. So hopefully by the time we speak next, uh, we'll have more details and maybe a lab date too. Why so far out? Well, uh, mid-May, going out to the Outer Banks for an extended period of time, and I am not going to study while I'm out there. So uh, I'm going to give myself the buffer space. Um, in other words, I'm going to study probably at the beginning of June. I think you should take it tomorrow. Just go in there and knock it out. Just do it. Just do it. You can do it. You can do it. Just listen to our episode on taking the security. Excellent idea. And then you'll just be able to know all you, sorts of you tips. You guys have, are really good at this peer pressure thing. Tell, right. tell you what, you and I go take it. I got to do my reset. Okay. Uh, well, so. well, we'll we'll make it a fun outing. Yay. <laughs> Next up, we've got David White Jr. He is on the escalation team in the TAC. He has a security CCIE, and he's been with Cisco for over ten years now. So, uh, David, what have you been up to? Anything interesting? What, what's going on with you? Uh, that's a good question. Um, not really sure. A lot of work stuff. So, uh, you know, working on a lot of new products that are coming down the pipe, which is uh, really exciting um, for our listeners. Can't share them, you know, share those products with them yet, but hopefully in some future episodes we'll be able to share them. Um, but uh, outside of that, not a whole lot. Spend a lot of time working at nights. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work. So. Okay. Got it. And uh, next up, we have our special guest for this episode, Jay Young-Taylor. He has been with Cisco for five years. He's got a security CCIE, and he's on the VPN team. So we brought him in to um, talk to us about the AnyConnect VPN 
uh, VPN feature. So Jay, um, tell welcome us. Welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, and tell us about, tell us, first of all, tell our listeners where you're from, because obviously you sound different. Well, you know, uh, you brought me on as a special guest, so you've got to have some foreigner come in, right? <laughs> so as you can probably guess, I'm from England originally. Been in the States for you know about 13 years. Still haven't lost it. Why would I? That's right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've uh, been on the VPN team now for three years. <laughs> got my CCIE in security last year, so Magnus will uh, go. It's about time for me to do a research, so we can go and. We can go and you know bust that out. We'll be the CCIE Wonder Twins. Wonder Twins, yeah. yes. Just, uh, just wanted to let you guys know out there that uh, I will be uh, giving a presentation at Networkers, uh, introduction to introduction to PKI, uh, public key infrastructure, which may come in handy if you if you're planning to do any of this AnyConnect SSL VPN stuff. Uh, as, as as I mentioned last week, we were more than willing for you to come up and just say hi to us. So, and so what's the session number so they can find it easy? It is, uh, it's 4545, it's the break sec. So BRK, SEC. 4545. 4545. Great. Yeah. And how are, your, how are your slides coming? Are you all? Are I've you actually had them shipped off for brand <laughs> approval. All right. Uh, yeah. I had to, uh, had to make up all the diagrams myself, so. They're a little bit, you know, not not exact. I'm not the greatest artist. Okay. Is, is it Microsoft Paint? A very combination, you know, some blocks here, some arrows <laughs> here. But uh, going along with the presentation, I'll be able to explain what's going on. Hopefully. All right. Well, let's move into today's technical topic. We're going to be talking about um, AnyConnect VPN on the ASA platform, and. Uh, AnyConnect VPN is really sort of the next evolution of the ASA VPN client, and a lot of our customers are moving towards using the AnyConnect VPN. So, Jay, first tell us about AnyConnect VPN and this idea of SSL VPN. Okay, so um, with the ASA, we have this, this whole concept of instead of using IPsec, provide VPN services over SSL. Now, you use SSL for banking, checking your email online to, to communicate in a secure manner. So we've, we've decided to offer up basically a two-piece solution, one which we call clientless and one which we call SVC or AnyConnect. Basically, the clientless acts as just a HTTP portal or, or, or a proxy without being able to install any, any software on your computer, you're able to access internal resources as the ASA acts like a uh, proxy that you have to log into and then it gets the resources for you and presents them to you. So a, a, a company could deploy an ASA on the edge of their network on the internet and then external users could just use their web browser to access some of those internal resources and it would be secure. That's the client list. Ab absolutely. Like a perfect example of that is if you're at an internet cafe, they have a, a computer there and you just need to log on and check your email real quick. You can log on to the ASA and then they have a link there to your internal web your internal mail server inside. Okay. So, uh, what, what are some like common things you would normally use something like that for? Just the encrypting internal resources, like a web-based email, or yeah, uh, do you a have, lot like, of people like, desktop functionality. Yeah, like we we have a plugin for the clientless, which uh, uh, basically allows you to RDP to an internal machine. So, and that just runs in Java or ActiveX. Again, you don't need to install anything on that 
on that client that you're connecting from, and you can have the full functionality as if you were on the network. Okay, and again, that's clientless VPN. We're not going to go into that too much today. We're going to be talking about the new AnyConnect uh, VPN client. So tell us about um, AnyConnect VPN. The, the AnyConnect is basically a drop-in replacement for the IPsec client. The IPsec client's been used for years to get you full access to the network. It gets you on, gets you an IP address. Uh, it's as if you are sitting at the corporate location. Um, the AnyConnect gives us that capability, that same capability, but to do it over SSL rather than IPsec. Right, I think one thing that uh, a lot of customers don't really understand initially is that AnyConnect really is what they call a full tunnel client. So it's not like you know your browser where you have a single SSL session per website that you're going to. It's you have an SSL session which is encrypting all your traffic and you're assigned an IP, like Jay was saying. Um, so from the perspective of a user, there's no difference using the VPN IPsec client and the AnyConnect client because you know both operate the same fashion in that everything that you're sending, assuming you're not using split tunneling, is sent you know to the head end. But the difference being is that with AnyConnect, it's all sent via SSL, whereas with IPsec, it's sent via the IPsec protocols, you know, Ike and ESP or AH. So I mean, that's a significant difference between the two. And from a technical perspective, you know, the security is you know essentially the same for um, the ability to encrypt and secure the data. But where really AnyConnect really shines is that you know abilities to um, go through devices that are getting natted or padding that session. Whereas with IPsec, you know, in the early days we had all these problems with you know padding the ESP flows, right? Because there is no layer four information in ESP. Uh, so then we had to come out with uh, IPsec tunneled within TCP, and then we came out you know IPsec tunneled in UDP or or NAT T to, to detect. And the whole point of all this stuff is to you know play friendly with natting devices. Um, but additionally, now you know once that's been become a little bit pervasive. Uh, we're still finding that there are some companies or hotels or whatever that'll block, um, you know, Ike, you know, or they might block UDP port five, uh, 4500 because again, they're not intentionally trying to block the VPN users, but what they're doing is they only want to allow specific protocols out of the network. So, you know, they only want to allow DNS, they only want to allow um, HTTP and or HTTPS. So with AnyConnect, since everything is tunneled via SSL um, and it's on, you know, port 443, you know, almost nobody blocks that. So, you know, for availability of the end user, they can connect from almost any site, anywhere, anywhere they have a network connection on the internet uh, because it's just something that's not currently being blocked. The other big advantage of AnyConnect was that it was the first uh, full tunnel client that Cisco offered that offered 64-bit support. So when a lot of the new Microsoft Windows operating systems were offering 64-bit support um, in both, you know, Vista, XP Vista, and now Windows 7, AnyConnect supported that, whereas IPsec client, until very recently, uh, did not support 64-bit um, support, and that was a big challenge for customers. Um, another major change is that the AnyConnect allows for a lot of more full centralized administration of the endpoint client. So whereas uh, IPsec clients, it was up to the user to you know, go and download their IPsec client and then get it installed, and then anytime you wanted to upgrade, again, they had to do that manual process of upgrading it themselves, or you had to have some type of um, administrative software to push out updates. Whereas with AnyConnect, uh, you know, the first time the user connects to the ASA, it'll detect if AnyConnect is installed. And if it's not installed, it'll automatically download and install it for the user. Additionally, the administrator can say, okay, on the next connection, 
everybody needs to upgrade the AnyConnect, and it'll happen transparently to the end user. It happens on the fly um, when they connect. So it really eases the overall administrative burden. Now, I, I know in a lot of networks, you know, <coughs> you know, users are somewhat restricted as to what they can and cannot do on you know, their computers, for example. I'm assuming there are some privileges you have to have, like you have to at least have the right to install software on the machine. There's no way to have it run without doing an actual installation outside of doing like the clientless option. That's right. So you do have to have administrative or administrative-like privileges to install software in order to install the AnyConnect client. That hasn't that hasn't changed, and there's that's just the limitations of you know on, on Windows and Windows OS to um, give you that capability, right, to install uh, software at that level. Mm -hmm. I remember when I when I first started in the tech, I was taking some VPN cases, and I remember specifically some pain points for customers were installing the client. You know, just like how do they package up the VPN client and send it out and get it out to all their mm -hmm. users? How do they update it? And then again, you know, like um, as you were saying before, you know. Getting the traffic, the VPN tunneled traffic through the internet, through other devices that might be blocking it, and through PAT devices, I just remember that was just a big headache. So, yeah. For the other, the other major enhancement I think with AnyConnect too is the ability to auto reconnect. I mean, that's that's huge. Where the IPsec client didn't have, if you're, you know, your your wireless, you know, bounced momentarily, right? You'd have to reconnect with your IPsec client. If you had OTP or one-time passwords, right? You'd have to pull out your key card, your and, desk card out or whatever. And, and put in your password again and reconnect whereas with any connect you know if you bounce or whatever you can even you know close your computer hibernate it bring it back up and it'll automatically reestablish that connection so much more better user experience from that perspective so really this is you know really an evolution of products back in uh, the original uh, ASA code 71 days uh, we really introduced this whole SSL client concept as uh, SVC version 1.0 and uh, over time, that has now matured to SVC, well, it's really called AnyConnect, but it's AnyConnect version 2.0, and that came in the ASA 8.0 versions of code and later. And it's really what people should be moving to um, because it's been a complete code rewrite over the older uh, SVC builds. Uh, has a lot more functions, uh, better for administrative purposes, as Dave mentioned, um, and you can also do some different uh, installation techniques with it. Yeah, so with the, uh, with the SVC, the only way to get it installed and connect was to log into the, the portal page mm -hmm. and click the start the start the client. Yeah. And it would download, install, and connect. Um, the installation requires administrative rights. So a lot of people, a lot of companies had their laptops out there and mm -hmm. their users, but they didn't have administrative rights. So they could never initiate the SVC. Yeah, they could never initiate the SVC. With the AnyConnect, we actually package up the, um, the installation two ways. We have the PKG file, mm -hmm. which you can put on the ASA for the web launch for the, just in the same method. But we also develop uh, the MSI files or the DMG files or the TARGZ files, depending on your platform, so that you could actually pre-deploy and install these packages using uh, whatever uh, package management software, like, like Altiris yeah. or, or AD to push out these and, things. And that's that's another big difference between the older SVC and the new AnyConnect is the old SVC could only run on Windows 2000 and Windows XP, while the new AnyConnect, as you were mentioning, comes in a bunch of different installation packages for a whole range of platforms. We're talking, you know, 64-bit Windows platforms, uh, Linux and Mac, none of which you had the kind of support for in the older SVC code. No, that's, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, specifically uh, version 2.4 of the AnyConnect client supports uh, Windows 7, 32 and 64-bit. It also introduces a feature called Trusted Network Detection, whereby 
the client can um, monitor your network uh, settings on your PC, so it can determine your location based on a profile, and then determine whether it needs to connect or not connect to the VPN head end. So for example, if you brought your laptop into work, it would detect the domain name you got via DHCP, and then obviously it wouldn't need to connect to the VPN head end to get on the corporate network. But if you went home, opened it up, and you got you know, your home uh, DHCP lease with your different D, uh, domain name, then it would obviously want to connect and auto-connect back up uh, to the head end. And I think another thing we should talk about is what these packages actually are. So um, to get the AnyConnect file onto the ASA, I mean, what is it, what is it that you actually move over? It's the actual file that contains the uh, AnyConnect installation. Yeah, so it's a .pkg file. It really is a zip file that includes is some web pages in there, some JavaScript, and an installation package uh, that, get, that gets kicked off by ActiveX or Java. Whether or not it's a uh, terminal script in, in Linux, or it's an MSI file that runs silently in Windows, or, or a, a, a package file for Mac. Mm -hmm. it, when, you, when you click on the Start AnyConnect button, it down, it, what it'll do is it'll grab those individual files out of the zip file, mm -hmm. the PKG file, and then it'll run through and say, OK, now I need to run this executable, and it downloads that single one. So you're an administrator of an ASA is going to have to load those images onto the ASA's flash file system yeah. so they can be downloaded. Yeah, but it's only just one file. Mm -hmm. I, the, for Windows, it would be the AnyConnect Windows file. You would just upload that to the flash and say, ASA, this is the SVC image for Windows. And, and that's it. Also, by default, um, when you purchase the ASAs for manufacturing, they come with those files on it. Um, depending on when you bought it, it might not be the most recent version, but um, it does have them pre-installed on the Flash, too. So uh, most customers can just uh, you know, use what's there. So along with this evolution of AnyConnect, we also have uh, licensing changes. Pretty simple, actually. We have two licenses. We have an AnyConnect Premium SSL VPN license, which includes support for WebVPN, Cisco Secure Desktop, and AnyConnect itself. And we also have the AnyConnect Essentials license, which only includes support for AnyConnect. Right, and the main difference, too, with the premium license is that's licensed on a per-connection basis or per-client basis. So it limits the number of concurrent connections. And you purchase, you know, if you want 10, 25, 100, 1,000 tunnels active at a time, that's what you purchase the license for. Whereas AnyConnect Essentials is you enable it, and it's globally on the box. And any number of users can connect up to the box's max. Uh, capacity and the concurrent well, like you were saying, the concurrent uh, uh, simultaneous sessions are are per uh, ASA model, right? So move up in the ASA model chain, and you get more simultaneous connections. Yeah, kind of the way we used to do the standard IPsec remote access, right? Yep, same way. And uh, one quick note is that the premium SSL VPN license and the AnyConnect Essentials license cannot be used together. Uh, you can easily disable the Essentials license with the no AnyConnect Essentials command. Right. So a common thing, too, is that customers don't understand that you can actually have both license enabled, meaning the activation key allows for AnyConnect Essentials and it allows for the premium. The thing is, is that the AnyConnect Essentials command dictates which one is on. If, if you have no AnyConnect Essentials, then it uses the full a premium license, if you do have any Connect Essentials command enabled, then it switches over and, and uses just any Connect Essentials. So um, if you've decided to make the leap to go towards any Connect, uh, I guess what your next question is, how am I going to do that? And uh, obviously, we don't want to disrupt your existing remote access solutions. Well, 
the, the ASA, when you define remote access, you've got the various different components. You've got a tunnel group, you've got a group policy, you've got your NAT rules to consider, you've got a pool to define. The, the great thing about the AnyConnect is, or the SVC, is you can use a lot of that same information. So um, the only thing that you're really doing is just changing how the user is connecting to the box. All the rules stay the same. So you're going to, in your group policy, you're going to add the capability, the VPN tunnel protocols for SVC. And that's really all you have to do. There's uh, one, one other thing that you have to do is go onto your tunnel group and enable that tunnel group, uh, give it a group alias, and then that's it. And so a, a user um, that's currently using IPsec, mm -hmm. they'll still be able to connect to the ASA with IPsec, or they can change over and use any connect client and connect to the ASA. Yes. So um, e either one both of which will be working fine in parallel on the mm -hmm. ASA. The same configuration, you yeah. get the same IP address, and you log in using the same credentials. Yeah. And, and you can have uh, some subset of users using IPsec and some subset using AnyConnect, all use sharing the same IP pool and everything, and everything's fine on the ASA. So I think that's really eases with the transition for companies that are looking at changing over from IPsec to AnyConnect. So let's say um, I'm an administrator and I'm starting to migrate some of my users. What are some commands on the ASA I can use to monitor Who's using you know who's using AnyConnect now? Who's using traditional IPsec client? Th that kind of thing. Okay. Well, uh, if you want to use the command line, the command is uh, show VPN session database, and um, it, it, you can break it out based on if you you want to just see who's using clientless, who's using SVC, who's using remote access, the the traditional IPsec client. Um, in the ASDM, we have a it breaks it out very in much the same fashion. Uh, if you go to the monitoring section and under VPN, you can see exactly who's logged in, the time they've been logged in, the data they've transferred, what group policy and what tunnel group you fall on. Okay. And as far as migrate, migrating to AnyConnect, what sort of issues, what are some common issues or what are some issues that you've seen before uh, when customers are doing migration and they end up reaching out to TAC? So, so there's similar things that if you were just initially running out with IPsec. Um, installation of the clients are always going to be a big one, installation and getting it working in your current environment. Uh, the way we've set it up is it just auto-installs, but there's, we've had some conflicts with other software security suites, things like uh, antiviruses or anti-malwares preventing us from installing files because it thinks we're altering the system. Um, so we generally say, hey, if uh, what you can do is monitor the install, see what files are going where, and then add that to the whitelist of your security software so that it'll allow us to install just the specific files that we need. Okay. And then it'll function in the same fashion that it was doing before. And obviously, it'd be good to, you know, for the administrator to test that out first in their install before deciding, hey, I'm just going to flip the switch just to make sure they see what those dependencies are and can write those rules. And, and, and tying back in with the, the licensing uh, question we were talking about, um, you know, the AnyConnect Essentials, it's a, it's a very, you know, small dollar amount item that allows full capability for AnyConnect for, you know, obviously migration from IPsec to AnyConnect Essentials. But uh, even if you don't purchase any license, by default, you can uh, establish two AnyConnect sessions to the ASA. So, you know, if you want to test it out before you purchase anything, you can set that up and establish uh, up to two simultaneous tunnels um, to test it out. So, 
you know, it's a great way to, to try that out. So one other common problem um, that we see is that, again, with any ConnectSense that is using SSL, um, it does get a certificate from the ASA to encrypt that session between the client and the, uh, the ASA. So for that to work seamlessly, the certificate that's installed on the ASA has to be trusted on the client side. So if you purchase a certificate from somebody like VeriSign, um, you know, obviously the, the browser um, and the certificate store on the end client already have that CA from VeriSign installed and therefore the certificate's trusted um, automatically and there's, there's no problems. But when you run into issues is when uh, people either put a self-signed certificate on the ASA, which you can easily do, or if they have their own certificate authority and they issue a certificate to the ASA for the encryption of these SSL tunnels, they need to make sure that the end clients have um, that CA certificate, the root cert, trusted on their clients. Otherwise, they will get warnings saying that you know the certificate isn't trusted and they need to accept it or add an exception uh, before that works. And so, you know, again, that's something that you should determine in the testing phase, but it's, again, a common problem that we see coming into the TAC where yeah. people don't quite get that understanding. Yeah, Jay, is that something you, we, you get a lot of cases on over on the VPN team with uh, just basic like certificate of common issues you might see across multiple vendors, multiple products? Yeah, it's, uh, certificates, the SSL has quite a high learning curve, and uh, I'll just plug my uh, networkers session again. <laughs> that's right, this is, That's exactly what, I, what, I, what I'm talking about is uh, we go over from the base up what's an what's encryption cipher, what's a hashing cipher, how you tie all these things together, what digital signature means, and uh, how to install them on the ASAs. So you cover um, requesting a certificate and, and that certificate signing process through a CA and importing it onto the firewall. And Absolutely. And okay. again, that course number is uh, BRK SEC 4545? That's correct, yes. There we go. So what are some other common problems that we see uh, with any kind, or, or how do you troubleshoot any kind? I think we'd be remiss without mentioning, you know, the Dart software, which is a software bundle that you can install on the client side that'll uh, zip up all the client logs and nice file, package file, and send them in. But what type of logs does it actually zip up, and where would someone go on the client side to to, to debug any type of issues that they see with any connect? So yeah, you, you're right. The Dart file grabs up all the information so it's an easy collection for an end user. But if you wanted to open that zip file up, you could take a look at the event viewer file and it's got pretty much every action that goes on, on board. Uh, well, it, even without Dart, you could just go straight to the event viewer on the box. Oh, absolutely. Dart, the Dart's box. just the collection utility. But so you could go, if Dart wasn't installed, you could just go to the event viewer and take a look at the event viewer logs there. And it's going to tell you what's going on. Um, it's making an SSL connection. It, the user said the certificate was OK. Um, it's building a TLS connection for this. It's using this cipher. The virtual adapters being initialized. It's making routing update changes. It tells you all these things. So that's. Usually, the AnyConnect will install and just work. Most of the times, we see it. But in the few cases where, where it doesn't work, the event viewer logs are what we look at. When we look at CSD, if you've got that installed, it generates a, a log file too. And it'll tell you what scan it went through, if it found any antivirus, what patch levels are installed. And it, it'll tell you what information it's giving up to the ASA. And, and just for our listeners, CSD is oh, Cisco, Cisco Secure, Secure Desktop. desktop yes. Right. Okay. Uh, what about on the head end side? What debugs would customers use, and 
also we should mention whether they're global debugs or per user debugs. So the uh, just like regular troubleshooting on the uh, on the ASA, which I know you've gone over in podcast, logging is your friend. Your syslogs tell you everything. When a user logs in, if you've got the logging level set to seven to the debugging level, it'll tell you all the user attributes that it's it's gathered from the AAA server. If you're running CSD, you can actually see all the information, all the patch levels and antivirus, whether it's enabled, the firewall if it's enabled, the malware if it's enabled. And um, if there's in, if the AnyConnect client is generating some kind of error, it'll also send a message of what the error is up to the ASA. So if you're seeing the same common recurring problem over and over and over, you don't even have to have the user go on their computer and check these things out. You can just jump in the ASA and say, oh, these are the same logs, the same exact logs that we were seeing in this other problem. You must be hitting that same problem. I think I want to mention real quick a common thing I see uh, even tech engineers doing this when they're troubleshooting a problem and they're looking at syslogs on the ASA, especially with certificate issues and things like that. Oftentimes, they'll find out the IP address of the client connecting and do a show log pipe include for that one IP address. And they'll get some information there, but it might not be everything. And in particular, they'll miss some of the um, syslogs that are generated when the certificates are, uh, the information's being exchanged about the certificates and the encryption ciphers that are being offered up. So if, you are, if you're troubleshooting something on the VPN head end and you do show log pipe include for an IP address, you might get some information. But do uh, make sure just to do show log and scroll around and just double check that you're not missing anything there. Because uh, in particular, like cipher mismatches and things, it's hard to troubleshoot those without seeing the complete syslogs. I think a couple other um, useful things I was just thinking here about when you guys were talking about AnyConnect is, um, you know, maintenance, right? So we have maintenance on the ASA. You want to upgrade the image on the ASA. Well, with AnyConnect, you know, we'll replicate the sessions over. You can fail over from one ASA to the other, and it's transparent to the end users. However, if you have a single ASA, you also have the ability to send out a message to all the users that say, hey, ASA is going to go down, you know, for a reboot. You know, your client will automatically reconnect or you know, if you want to take it out for some other maintenance, you know, you can say service will be unavailable for X number of minutes and you know, send that out to all connected clients. And that's kind of a nice usability mm -hmm. type administrative feature that AnyConnect offers. So if you, uh, again, if you're still having users having trouble connecting in or, or they're connecting, but they're unable to access any resources, the, the command that I mentioned earlier, the show VPN session DB command, comes in extremely useful. Um, you can actually put a f the keyword filter, and you can give a filter based on a username. And you can see the detailed information, how long they've been connected, how long they've been idle, the time until they've been disconnected, um, the DAP policy. I know we didn't talk about that, but the DAP policy that you got assigned. If you have a VPN filter assigned, um, if you've got a TLS and a DTLS connection established, the IP address you've been given, your group policy, your tunnel group, there, there's a whole slew of information there that'll, that'll give you um, if you need to troubleshoot a specific issue. What other filters can you use uh, to say, can I, if I just know the IP address, say, of the user connecting, can I check on you that? Can, you can filter based on the given IP address, the internal IP address. You can filter on the public IP address. Mm. You can filter based on the username. 
So is this a, is this, this is sort of a one-stop shop, and is this a command you use the most when troubleshooting? Oh, this 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 and the logging com combined is just uh, that that pretty much tells you everything you need to know. Okay, and just to be clear, the command is show VPN dash session DB, and then optionally you can add more keywords to the end of that. Yeah, and, and I think from a higher level or more holistic level, um, you can also monitor all these sessions via SNMP. So I know a lot of customers will, you know, want to see. Um, how many SSL sessions are being terminated on their boxes and or what users are terminating sessions and how long or what amounts of data are being trans transmitted. So a lot of this data you can pull via MIBS uh, from SNMP. Uh, another thing you mentioned that uh, we didn't really talk about here in this episode, but we probably should, is DTLS because I don't think a lot of people understand what DTLS is. So we talk about SSL and you know obviously the newer form is TLS, um, but DTLS is really just TLS over UDP, right? And and what why don't, why don't you mention Jay some of the reasons why we use DTLS and when DTLS is used? So DTLS, as you said, is the UDP form of TLS, um, and it's actually configured by default is with the 80, uh, I think with the 82 and above. And right. So prior to 82, you had to manually enable it. With 82 and above, it, it's automatically enabled. Yes. And what happens is when your AnyConnect client connects, it connects over a single TLS connection, which is a TCP-based connection. It will then also try and say, hey, can I connect to you via UDP? And if the server gets that message and responds back, says, OK, we have full, co full connectivity here, we'll switch to using DTLS. Which is UDP 443. It's the same port number, we're just changing the protocols from TCP to UDP. Yes. And, and, and the main reason for doing that is? Is you're going to have less overhead, right? With which, TC which means faster performance. Faster performance. OK. You, you can run into issues. Um, there's, a, there's a problem called TCP over TCP, which basically is if you lose some packets, on, say, on the internet, it can kill the performance of the TCP flow on the, the outer TCP flow, but it'll also basically knock down the performance of the TCP flow that's running inside the tunnel. With uh, When you're running a connection-less um, UDP-based flow for the outer one, for the outer tunnel, the inner tunnel is going to be the only one doing the retransmissions. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have a, a lot better performance based on um, UDP. It also gives you the chance to use out-of-order packet delivery. Say if you're on a on a WAN link where there's QoS going and packets are getting reordered, with TCP you would have to buffer and hold the the packets to reassemble the TCP stream. You being the ASA would have to buffer and hold, and then once it reassembles it in the right order, you know, decrypts it, send it off to the internal host. But with UDP, all that load and that reordering is the responsibility of the end host as it should be. Yes. Right. So uh, we mentioned that DTLS is enabled by default starting with 8.2 and above. Um, but if, you know, when, when you connect with any connect, it first forms that uh, TLS SSL session um, and then it attempts to connect with DTLS. And if that fails, then you just stay using the TLS session. Uh, but if it succeeds, then all the traffic is sent over the DTLS or the UDP uh, TLS uh, session. Yes, and uh, so once it's gone over to the UDP, say something happens like a, the, that UDP packet now is being filtered, the AnyConnect client will detect that we're no longer sending traffic across the UDP, and it will gracefully fall back 
to using just the TCP connection. Right, so it's smart enough to know if it's able to do UDP and it does it when possible and then it can fall back seamlessly. And an end user doesn't configure anything and they don't know what it's using. It's just we try to move into this higher performance mode over UDP when possible, but the same security exists whether you're running it over UDP or TCP because with UDP we're still using the TLS, it's just being encapsulated in UDP. In addition to throwing an error uh, due to the untrusted certificate on the ASA, you can also have IE throw an error due to the untrusted uh, URL of the ASA when users try to make VPN connections to it. So in order to get around that, you want to make sure that the ASA's uh, website or URL is marked as a trusted site in the Active Directory group policy. That's it for episode number 11 of the Tax Security Podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, thanks for the people that have sent in some uh, comments so far. They've been really good and really helpful. Uh, if you have some comments about what you'd like to hear on the show or comments about what we've talked about, please send email to securityshow at cisco.com. You can view the show notes for this and all of the episodes as well as download all the episodes at our website at www.cisco.com slash go slash tax security podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tax Security Podcast. To listen to more episodes and to view the show notes for each episode, go to www.cisco.com slash go slash tax security podcast.